This video is the first in a three-part series by Andrew Quain, high school football coach at Prairie Central High School, which is in central Illinois. About 500 kids. They're known as a triple option team, but it really all starts with this, the double dive. And uh, Andrew Quain's double dive comes from his days playing under the, the great Bob Reed system in his days at Augustana College, which is um, in an area they call Quad Cities in northwest Illinois. So if you like this, you can find the video over at clinic.chiefpigskin.com. Hello, I'm Andrew Quain, uh, uh, former head coach at Prairie Central High School. Um, you know, just talking here, we, uh, we run a flexbone offense. Uh, have some wing T principles to it. I'm going to do kind of four presentations today. I'm going to talk uh, first here about um, our series approach and playbook design, and then we'll get into uh, in, into the, the meat of it, which is our, our double dive series, and then we'll talk a little bit about our option series as well. Um, just a little bit of background. Um, I, I've started to become the head coach in 2019. I've, I've been here at Prairie Central since 2006. Um, we, we've been a spread team for, for the first you know, 10 years of, of my time here. 2017, we switched to, uh, to the Flexbone. I really pushed our head coach at that time to, uh, um, to get us back under center, uh, some things we, we knew and, and things that we knew worked. Um, so since 2017, we've made the playoffs every, every year. Uh, we've had uh, two quarterfinals appearances. We had a, a conference championship, I think, in, in one of the probably the toughest 3A conferences in the state of Illinois. And uh, we were, were 44 and 16 in that time. Um, eight, of those, eight of those 16 losses were in the first two years as we were transitioning. Um, so only eight losses in, in the last uh, four years. Um, so been successful here. Um, really, really happy with what we've, what we've built here. I'm going to talk a little bit about my, my kind of basic offensive principles, um, how I think about offense, because it, it, it influences uh, the plays that we call and what we run and what we do. And, and I think it's important for people to think um, big picture about their playbook. Oftentimes in the offseason, we, we kind of shop around for a, for a play or two, um, you know, and, and we don't necessarily think about how that might influence our entire uh, playbook. And so um, when, when I start to think about anything, it all starts with our offensive principle, uh, which is ball control. Um, everything we do um, is based off of this idea of um, what allows us to control the ball more. And so that extends beyond um, offense. As a, as a head coach, um, I, I try to keep that principle in, in all of our phases of the game. You know, for example, if we're going to be a team that wants to control the ball, we need to be aggressive on defense. You know, we can't have a bend, don't break, let the other team have long drives. We need the ball in our possession all the time. So that, that translates to offense, defense, special teams, um, that mindset. Um, but for us, you know, some of the basic principles um, is eliminate turnovers, time of possession. Um, early on as we transitioned, time of possession was a huge stat for us. Uh, we've had a couple in the, in the spring season, spring of uh, 21, 
And then this last fall, we had some really explosive teams, um, and we didn't win time of possession very often, but, but had some, some big scores um, and some big wins. Um, but time of possession early on was an important kind of measuring stick for us um, to, to build this mindset. Um, the big thing for us is the, the three yards per play. So we teach our players three plus three plus three plus three equals first down. And, and so that's the mindset that we have to have. And so um, when I think about plays that we're going to run, the question is, will that net us three yards or more? And if the answer is yes, we will consider it as a, as a play um, and, and keep running it. As we get in the season and we start running a play and we're not getting those three yards um, per play, then that's a, that's a play we're going to cut and we're going to move on to something that's getting us those three yards. Um, we celebrate three-yard gains. Um, you know, we, we think that's good. And so it's kind of funny sometimes in a game you get a defense that's cheering because they stopped us through a three-yard gain, and, and we're, we're also cheering because we got three yards. So um, it's kind of that mindset of, um, you know, that grind it out, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust kind of mindset uh, is, is important. So um, the nice thing for us is when it's fourth down, uh, let's say we got a fourth and two, um, the entire playbook's open to us. We don't, we don't have to narrow our playbook down to, you know, five perfectly designed plays to get us a fourth and two. Uh, everything. We're going to call the best play against that defense in that situation um, because everything's open to us because we believe everything should get us, get us three yards. Um, and then lastly, part of ball control is eliminating stupid penalties. So, um, all of those things have to be taught and have to be emphasized and have to be, um, you know, discussed throughout the season. Um, when we get into our playbook, uh, we are obviously a run-heavy team, if you know anything about uh, Prairie Central football, um, but we are diverse in our run options, okay? I think we're a very balanced team, not from a run-pass perspective, but we're balanced by ball carrier, you know, at Prairie Central, when, when we, we transitioned to this offense, it really came down to we don't have the dudes to run a spread where you got a, a, a great quarterback, a great running back, and, and you're going to have those each and every year. But we're going to have, you know, three or four really solid average players. And so we, we try to spread the ball out between different running backs. Um, and then we have lots of options in terms of, the types of run plays, the gaps that those run plays run in. Um, and so, you know, we'll kind of see that as we, as we talk a little bit. Um, the last thing that's really important to me, I got this from the um, Mount Union um, head football coach down at the U of I clinic um, several years ago. Um, when you add a new play, you should always ask the question, does this play help us beat the best team on our, on our schedule? Um, and so, I asked myself that question, you know, obviously in the off season, you, you start collecting all these new ideas of things you might want to tweak and do differently. Um, and so you gather all those ideas and I usually, um, like on Twitter, I just, I hit the like button on stuff that I, that I like, uh, you know, I, I make notes, I draw stuff down. And then as we get a little bit closer to, um, you know, summertime, I start narrowing down. I say, okay, here's all my ideas. What of these might I narrow down? It, it starts with, does this play help us beat the best team on our schedule? 
You know, does it help us with the defense that they run, with the style of football that they run? Um, and if the answer is yes, then we'll consider it and something that we might look at, look at adding. But we do, we do add, we do adapt. I know sometimes offenses that are, are, are similar to ours where running plays that have been, you know, part of football for a long time, they get a bad rap as kind of this old school, um, you know, don't ever change. You know, we, we change a lot. We do a lot of different things. I'm always constantly adding new wrinkles to, uh, to what we do. Uh, we believe in um, a, a series approach when we, we talk about our, our playbook. And this is a, this is a wing T background. Um, and I played, I played college football at Augustana, who uh, under Bob Reed was, uh, you know, really one of the, the pioneers of uh, the wing T at a, a successful level. Um, you know, winning four national championships back to back. Um, that principle of series. And so we, we try to take a, a set of plays and we, um, we, we put them in groups. And, and what I think that allows us to do is to better organize our offensive plays. That goes back to that word I mentioned earlier, balanced. Okay, we try to have a balanced uh, um, attack. Um, so we are a series team, not a play team. Okay, so I don't look at things as oh, that's a cool play, I should put it in. It's, okay, where does that play fit into our playbook or our series, our almost chapters of the playbook? Uh, where does that fit in? If it doesn't fit, if it's something that's totally unique, we're not going to run it. Um, you know, at Augustana, when I was there, we were transitioning a little bit more away from the wing tee, more into the, the triple option stuff, and so we would get that fly motion that, um, that deep motion, and we still had a sweep play, which was like a jet sweep, you know, the rocket sweep where the quarterback would, would you know, pivot right behind and, and hand off. Um, great play. It works really good for lots of teams, um, but it was the only play where we had that motion, and so when we ran that motion, teams knew what we were doing, and so, you know, we, we went to a... a you know, a, a more rugby style kind of pitch on, on sweeps um, because it just fit the system or the, the style of plays that we were running, okay? Um, each series, when, when you look at it, I believe that each series should have your base run play, maybe multiple base run plays um, that, that attack at some different points. Um, it should have a counter play and it should have a play action pass. Okay, and so that's part of that balanced attack. Okay, and that leads us into the series, the plays within series, and the plays between series have to complement each other. And so I, I think of offensive play calling, running an offense like a, like a pitcher. So when the pitcher, the ball leaves the pitcher's hand, the hitter has to make a decision. Is this a fastball? Is this a curveball? Is this a changeup? Okay, and they have to make that decision. When we snap the ball, and you're a half a second, a second into the balls being snapped, we want the linebackers, the defensive backs, to be like, what is this? Is this a, is this a fullback give? Is this a quarterback keeper type of play? Is this a sweep play? Is this a pass play? We want that same mindset, right? When you see a hitter stand there and watch the third strike go past the plate, right? It's because they hesitated. And we want high school football players on defense to hesitate when they see 
us run a play. And so it's important that um, the two series we're going to talk about today are double dive series and the, the option series. Half a second to a second after that ball snap, it looks exactly the same. You wouldn't be able to tell what we were running um, that split second in. And what that does is it creates hesitation. You'll sometimes see a linebacker kind of freeze as they're trying to process what they're seeing. Um, and when they freeze, that allows us to get a, alignment on them, get them blocked, um, and then we're, then we're off to the next level. We get good things there. So um, within that, speed, speed matters. And so we, we, we talk about speed kills. And so everything that we do has to be at full speed, whether that's our motions, it, it, just anything. It has to be at full speed because that also helps to create that hesitation that we're looking for. All right, now into our series, we have nine series, okay? Uh, we, and, and this helps us with our, our, our play numbering. Um, so anything with a, a number with a one in the front is part of our 10 series, okay? And our 10 series is our one back series, a one back dive series. So this is, these are plays we're gonna turn it around, hand it off to the fullback, okay? Um, we have a fullback dive that fits into that. Um, we have a trap um, that fits into that. This is something that um, we've had in the playbook, um, not used a ton until this last year. We had a really standout um, all-state fullback, and so we did a lot more stuff here. We had a, a, um, a fullback toss sweep that we, that we had in this year. That was part of that 10 series. Um, the 20 series is your, your two backs, that's your lead, fullbacks leading. So your ISO, your lead option, um, those types of stuff are going to be in your 10 series. The 30 series are three-step passing game, okay? Uh, 40 series, that's the one we're going to talk about today. That's our double dive series. Uh, the 50 series is five-step passing. We don't do a lot in the five-step game. This is our end of the court, or end of the half, um, end of the game. We're behind. We need to, we need to score some points. Uh, we, we don't have much in this series. Um, option series, the 60 series, is another big one for us. We run a lot of stuff out of that. Um, 70 series is our sweep series. Um, so we're going to have our, our, our sweep um, off of that. Uh, we're going to have uh, a counter. Uh, we have a few different counters off of that look. Um, and then we have a nice uh, a play action pass that we, that we like off of that series. Our 80 series is our situational plays. So, so those are going to be uh, maybe a red zone specific plays, plays you might only, might only do in certain times in the, in the game, uh, into the game type of stuff. Um, also, any trick plays are going to fit into that, uh, that 80 series. And then the 90 series is our sprint out passing. We typically have more athletic quarterbacks, and so they're more comfortable throwing on the run. So we, we, we tend to do more of the 90 series in terms of our um, just traditional passing. And then obviously all these running series are going to have their play action passes in them as well. All right, so that wraps up kind of the, the, the playbook intro that I wanted to give you because a lot of that stuff kind of, kind of plays into uh, what we're going to talk about and just jump in here right away. But um, my email's here on the presentation, cell phone number, feel free to reach out uh, if you have any questions on that. All right, we're going to jump right into our, our, our 40 series. I, I really, when, and when deciding, you know, after I was asked to present, um, thinking about what is unique about what we do, 
Um, there's not a lot of teams um, that run a flex bone offense that are, are that are doing the double dive. And so um, it's a it's been a really good play for us. This is a play that I brought in from my days at, at Augustana. Um, and um, we, we started running this four years ago and it's been a, been a really good play for us. So um, it complements a lot of what we do. It complements the option stuff really well. Um, and, and sometimes this becomes our bread and butter, sometimes some years, and the option takes the back seat. Um, and so it really depends, depending on the group of guys that we have, um, you know, might depend on, on how much we use this. But in the, in the 40 series, there's four plays. So we have the double dive, um, which is what everything kind of starts off of. And then we have the fullback dive, which is the first uh, back through. Uh, we have a quarterback follow off of that, and then the bootleg pass. So when we talk about the 40 series, everything starts with double dive. Okay. Um, the 40 series is the first series that we install. Double dive is the first play in that series that we, that we start with. So for us, this play has to go. When we talk about you have to be able to get three yards, we believe that we should be able to call double dive and get the yards that we need um, whenever, whenever we call it. We want our kids to have the confidence in that. As we'll see in some stats later, we don't always get three yards, um, but it's something that uh, we try to emphasize um, and have that kind of mentality that the kids know we call double dive, they're gonna, they're gonna have the confidence that we're gonna get the yards we need on that play. We try to establish this play early on, okay? A couple reasons for that. The way that we teach it, the rules that we have, it's good against multiple defensive fronts. When we match up against another team, uh, we don't know what defense they're gonna run. The defense they ran last week is probably not the defense they're going to run against us. Most of the teams in our conference are spread, and so you don't typically take your spread defense and, uh, and run it against us. So we're going to get a different defense. Um, we might get the defense you ran last year against us. If we had success against you last year, you might gamble and just try something new. It's another reason we like running this because oftentimes players only get one week of practice in a defense um, where we have all season to practice our, our offense. So um, double dive is pretty universal. It'll work well against most all defensive fronts. So we like to start it early for that sense, okay? It is a safe way for us to learn what the defense is doing. Um, so if we're trying to figure out who is what we call the force player, which of the defensive backs are getting involved in the running game, it's a good way to learn that. Um, it's, a, it's a safe way. We practice this play so much. Our kids are confident in it. They know the, the intricacies of the play. They know the rules of the play. They know how to adjust based on defensive fronts. So um, it's a great way for us as coaches and for players to learn what the other team's doing. So, um, it's a play that, that you'll see me probably call early in, uh, in, the, in the game quite often. Um, it does also set up most of the rest of our offense. So because it looks like our option plays, the motions are the same as our sweep series, um, it, it, works, it just works so well together. So it sets up other things that we do. 
Okay? In terms of formations, it can be run out of multiple formations. Um, you, know, you do need you know, two running backs on either side of the formation, uh, plus your fullback, but you can have some different looks. You can be in a wing T look, which it probably works the best, I think, out of a wing T look. We're mostly double wing, and so we do it with some motion. Um, so so the, it works with multiple formations, multiple backfield sets. Um, typically, we like to see a tight end or a nasty receiver. When I say nasty receiver, I'm, I'm referring to a wide receiver with a six-foot split off, of the, off the tackle. So it's a wide receiver who's, who's uh, not, not, in, not in the tight end position, but really close to that. That's typically what we run. Uh, but you can run, uh, we call it ace, um, that's our base uh, flex bone formation, you know, two wide receivers wide, and double wing. Um, it can run out of that based on some defenses. You know, there's sometimes where we, we, we widen out a receiver and it changes the whole defensive plan and, and sometimes we prefer that look and so we will run it out of, out of our ace uh, formation. The key for this is backfield timing. I do have some clip, I have a clip I know of some kind of bad backfield timing, and it's really important um, to, to have great timing on this. The way that uh, we believe this play should hit, um, it, it hits so fast, and all, all three of the run options happen so quickly that it puts that defense in a, in a bind. So um, speed kills, it comes back to that mindset that we have uh, about playing fast. Here's our stats, um, our four-year stats since we started running double dive. Um, you know, we, we average four, uh, 6.4 yards a carry over the last four years. Um, you can tell on the, on the count there, um, 2019 and 2021, uh, we ran it quite a bit. Um, the spring season was a shortened season, so those numbers are probably fairly accurate. Um, but last year, uh, or this last fall, um, it was not a play we ran a lot. It just didn't fit our personnel. Uh, we, we had some more athletic um, running backs this year, and so they were, they were better suited in some sweep situations, um, in our option situation. So uh, we, we did run more of those types of plays. Um, you know, oftentimes we have those, you know, three fullbacks on our team and, and, and nobody's really a running back, but uh, we did have some, some speed this year, so we didn't run it as much. Um, but you look there, um, we talked about three yards. We track that. So when we, we, we look at our, our numbers, we track are we getting three yards uh, per carry. And so we have those, those numbers here as well. As you can see this last year, 2022, um, we were not getting three yards um, as much as we'd like to see. So um, it's one of the reasons it kind of went down on, on the list. So, um, you know, in other years, if we're up in the 60%, um, 70%, we're really happy with a play. If we're in that, uh, you know, mid to high 60s or above, that's a, that's a play that we're going to call quite, a, quite often. I would encourage anyone to uh, determine the stats that are important to you and your team and track those. Um, huddle does not 
um, break down um, the three-yard mark. I think they, they stop at four yards. Anything less than four yards, they consider it a small gain. And so we have to go in there and, and look at the, what Huddle gives us as the small gain and break down how many of those small gain plays were actually three yards, because then we separate those. And, and so we do have to do a little extra digging. Uh, Huddle doesn't quite just give you that information exactly how we want it. But don't just take Huddle stats for, for what they are, their breakdowns. You have to know what's important to you and make sure that you're getting, um, getting what you want. So average, I was a young coach, I looked at average and that was pretty much it. And average does tell you a story. It doesn't tell you the whole story. Obviously, if you have a couple big runs on a, on a play, it's going to kind of make your average look better than maybe what it really is. So um, you do need to go break down at, at what's important to you. Okay, so we look at double dive. Here's, here's what it looks like, okay, without any blocking drawn right now, okay. We talk about this being, you know, kind of joke about it, but, but it's, there's some truth to it. This is a spread play for us, um, you know, because we try to make sure we have a, a, a fullback path, a, a running back path, and a quarterback path, okay. And then we have our three pass routes that come on the, the bootleg here. And so if any of you kind of looked at um, like huddle, um, like zone breakdowns on defense, I think they have like nine different like pass zones. If you look at those pass zones and think about this play, if we were to add the bootleg pass routes, we have seven of the nine zones kind of covered, um, you know, in terms of that the defense has to defend. So when the ball snapped, right, it can be, the ball can go essentially six or seven different zones on the field in a matter of a couple seconds. And so we are making the defense defend a lot of territory, um, which you don't typically think of a, a flex bone, run it right at you three yards in a cloud of dust kind of team being that, but that's how you look at it. It's the same mindset that a spread team has, you know, five wide trying to spread the defense out. We're trying to spread the defense out here. And so what we do, um, and install day one, we line up a group here, you know, we just got our helmets on, we line up an offensive line, we have the fullback take its path, go about five yards and stop. We have the running back go in motion, get, get the ball, go five yards and stop. We have the quarterback go to his spot, five yards and stop, okay? And we show that spacing, and, and that's that spacing is so important to us um, in terms of um, making this play work. The problems you'll have with this play is when people start encroaching on other people's kind of uh, pass. Um, if the fullback, the fullback oftentimes wants to go into that B, C gap range where the running back's supposed to be. Um, and when that happens, he brings a couple defenders with him and then the play is not as good. So, um, you know, you have, to, you have to talk about spacing on this just like you would spacing on pass routes and you want to make sure you don't have two routes on top of each other. We look at it the same way. We are a rule team, so um, we have rules for all of our plays. Um, it's really important for us to, um, to be rule oriented and that comes back to the different defenses. We can't say you're going to go block this guy. Because once you start saying you're going to block this guy, 
and this guy moves somewhere else or he gets taken out of the game, he's no longer there to block. So um, we, we are a rule team. So we, we follow rules. So our rules are on here. I won't go through all of them. Um, there's a couple that we'll talk about. I'm going to talk about the, the four linemen that all have this rule called gap over backer. And this is the base rule for us. You'll see it a lot of places in our playbook. Um, but it's three rules in run. One. So the playside guard, his rule is gap over backer. So it's a three-step process or progression. So the question that the, the playside guard asks himself when he lines up, is there someone in my inside gap? When we say gap, we're always referring to the inside gap. So the playside guard comes up, is anyone in my inside gap? If the answer is yes, then you're blocking the person in your inside gap. If the answer is no, then you go to question two. Is there anyone over me? If there's somebody over you, then you're going to block the person over you. Okay? And then uh, if, if the answer is no to the question one and question two, then you go to the third one, then you go to linebacker. Okay? So that's the progression that we go through with those guys. Um, and you'll see that rule in our playbook lots of places. It's a simple rule to, for us to teach and emphasize that progression, and it covers so many defenses. Um, it, it's really nice. I'm going to come back to play-side tackle because that's a, that's a big one for us on this. Okay, um, Fullback. Fullback aiming point is the inside foot of the guard. Okay, um, A little bit different than our option, but it's so minor different that most defenses are not going to see, um, see that difference. Okay, Our play-side A-back, we call him an A-back. Uh, I'll refer to him as running back or wing back probably here in the presentation. Um, he's our blocking back. He's loading up almost like an ISO uh, block, blocking for uh, the double dive. Um, the backside A back or the backside running back is the one in motion. We call that power motion when he goes into that deep uh, in option. We call it fly motion where he, he becomes the pitch man. And uh, on double dive series, he goes into that option motion and then um, ball snapped, he's going downhill. Um, so um, that's power motion, so he's getting the football. Um, quarterback is going to, uh, to ride the A-gap, okay, and then step out to C-gap, okay, for the double dive, and then, um, and then keep it and, and do that uh, quarterback follow path. I got the, the, football, the foot progression there. Step back, step with the fullback, step out, step with, and go, okay? Um, young quarterbacks will want to bend things backwards, um, you know, or even look backwards where you have the, the quarterback stepping and then like looking to make sure the back's coming. Uh, we run this play so much that we really emphasize quarterback, you need to be looking at the defense. It's the same mindset. We're not reading anything here. This is, this, there's no reads for the, for the quarterback. If we call double dive, he's handing it off to the to the second back through. But we want to train him to have his eyes on the defense at all times, right? If, if there is a blitz or a backer coming, um, you know, someone's blitzing and didn't get picked up, you know, we don't want to just hand the ball off, you know. We want eyes on the defense at all times from our quarterback. Okay. All right, so now we go into our play side tackle. These are the rules that we had when I was playing college football. Um, it's 
the most complicated part of this play, um, but it's also necessary. I did a lot of dis internalizing uh, when, when we, we put this play in. Do I need to have these rules like they were, or can I simplify them to a gap over backer kind of, kind of situation? And, and ultimately, I said, no, th this is an important part. And uh, I, I just uh, last year um, talked with um, uh, Tom Schmalbeck, who was a longtime coach at Augustana, um, and he talked about this play um, is a tackle choice uh, play. And so the tackle gets to choose the blocking rules, um, and his blocking rules determines some other people's blocking rules. So essentially, the play side tackle's rule is most dangerous. Okay. He's going to block his gap, he's going to block out second, and then third block linebacker. He makes the line calls, he has to announce his line calls for the entire team to hear. It's critical that the ball carrier who's on the other side of the formation knows what he's blocking because this traditionally is a C-gap play, but it can be a B-gap run play based on what the tackle's rules are. Another reason for why it's such good against multiple defenses is because we can adjust on the fly. We can adjust within the play from a, a C gap to a B gap or vice versa run. So the play side tackle is going to come up and he's going to announce the most dangerous person okay, for this play and he's going to tell the team how he's going to block. Okay? So he's going to make a, one of three calls. The first call is a down call. All right, down call means the play side tackle is blocking down. Okay, he's blocking someone in his gap. He might be double teaming with a three technique on the play side guard. Okay, but if he's going downhill towards the, towards the middle of the formation, he makes a down down call. If he calls out out, that means he's out blocking. Okay, typically when we get an out out call, that means we are going to be running a B gap path. Okay, and so that changes the path that the play side running back. Um, the angle that he has to take when he, when he blocks, um, and it changes the path of the running back. It also changes the distance the quarterback has to step um, after the, the fullback, um, uh, fullback dive. And then the last call is base, and that's when neither gap's occupied, um, and it's going the linebacker. Sometimes we use base-base when, when we see like a traditional 5-2, and you have a defensive tackle who's played head up, okay, we'll call base-base, and base-base means we're going to read this on the fly, okay, because if you're lined up head up, chances are you're a slanting defense, so if you're head up, um, you might slant B-gap, you might slant C-gap, and so the, the running backs have to read the tackle's blocks as it's happening to determine are we going B-gap or C-gap. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons that makes the play um, work very well is because of that, uh, you know, it works well against everything and we can adjust as we go. All right, so here's the tackle choice. Okay, we kind of talked about this. Um, key that he um, uh, announces this to the whole team, uh, makes it loud enough so you got maybe some high schoolers that are not quite comfortable, you know, with their, their voice. Uh, it's important that you uh, get them to be loud on this. Uh, call determines his blocking rule, blocking rules of play side of players, and then the running back. So we went through all of that. Okay, last thing on here is the dummy calls. 
Um, you're going to run this, so you got to make sure you're also making calls when you're not running this. So um, that's probably the biggest challenge. Um, you know, if you're only making calls when you're running double dive, it, it won't be long before the defense figures out what you're doing. So we make dummy calls. We could just call it just random times, you know, calls it. Um, you know, we're running a pass play. You know, you might get a, you might get a down, down call. So um, I think one of the nice things about this um, I think it breeds better communication in our entire offensive playbook because of this. I think sometimes players get like worried that they're going to tell the defense what they're doing and it's going to make it things harder on them. Um, it makes things easier on your team and I think typically the defense doesn't really pick up most of that stuff anyway. So, um, you know, especially at the high school level. And then again, you know, we, we teach this mindset, I don't care if the defense knows what we're running, we should get three yards on this play. And so sometimes in practice, I will just tell the scout defense, we're running double dot. And the, the offense at first is like, what are you doing, coach? Why are you telling them that? And it's like, because we have to have the mindset, we'll get three yards whether the defense knows what we're running or not. So that's how we think about this play, is how we, we kind of react. So. I'm going to take you through some diagrams. Um, um, our, our three tackle calls, the plays run the same, um, just changes some blocking things. So, so here's a down-down call. Uh, we have a three technique here. So the tackle's blocking down, and it's going to combo block up to that, uh, that, Mike, that uh, Mike Backer there. So um, tight end's going to block out, going to base block there. Okay, so we get a down-down call. We're running into the C-gap. So the path, uh, path changes there. On an out-out call, we're, we're running the B-gap path, okay? Um, and then the, um, the play side running back is going to go inside. So it's kind of like a fold. The, the tackle blocks out, and the play side running back loads B-gap into the linebacker. So um, the, the tackle and the play side wing back have to work hand-in-hand -hand, um, and, and understand what each other are doing. And then the base call, okay, nobody's in his inside gap. The defensive ends lined up outside shade um, of the tight end, and so the, the tackle's free to go right to linebacker. Um, it's important that your team communicates defensive alignments as well. Um, that's part of that communication that we stress. Um, so the, the guard will always call out one, two, or three. Okay, and then the tight end will also call out defensive alignments. Um, I know um, I'm a little bit different on how some people make calls. So we're, we're one, two, three on the guard. Okay, inside shade is a one, head up is a two, outside shade is a three. Over the tackle, we're four, five, six. I know a lot of people use four I and four, and it makes sense to us coaches, but I don't think it makes much sense to kids. So I think kids understand one, two, three is the guard, four, five, six is the tackle, seven, eight, nine is the, is the tight end. So um, that's how we teach it. We go through that progression, one, two, three is guard, four, five, six, and the seven, eight, nine. And so we expect our players to communicate what their defensive alignment is. Uh, we expect our quarterback to soak in that information before he starts his cadence because certain plays, uh, we might change angles on things based on defensive alignment. 
And we know if they line up head up, we know slanting is probably coming. So, um, you know, so when you hear a two or a, um, or a five, we know they're head up, and so we might, we might have some slanting. Okay, I'm going to switch over here to, uh, to some video clips of this. Okay, so this is, would be our nasty formation. Uh, we're, we're double, double wing, and then our, our receivers have like a six-foot split. Okay, so we are running double dive to the left here. Okay. Kind of a unique uh, defense here. Um, this um, is more of a linebacker who's off the line of scrimmage. Kind of hard to see on this uh, end zone film. But tackle has an out-out call here. Okay. So we get the tackle going out. And then we get the loading B-gap. Okay. I'd like to see a wing back with a little bit better of a block and you block him with his hands and not his chicken wings. Okay, we get a good block by our play side guard. He gets him cleared out of the way. So we get our fake with our fullback. Okay. And, I, and I, I, I'm not showing you perfect plays here. You know, some of these plays we do well and some we don't do well. I, I would like maybe a little bit more motion on this than what we're getting. Um, and I'll, I'll talk why that's important here in a minute. Okay. So let's watch the play go through. Okay. Now, to me, that should have been probably, it's a nine-yard gain. That probably should have been 20, if not a touchdown. Um, and here's, here's why. So we, we get, we want the uh, running back to, to cut and plant kind of at the heels of the fullback. So his rule is, is fly motion, you get to the heels of the fullback, and then you're cutting it up. And if you notice where he plants, he's planting over the guard, kind of the heels of the guard. And then what happens is he takes this path he gets this ball kind of flat, and he's running at this angle here. Okay, and what happens is he, he just runs himself out there to the defenders. If he, had, if he had come kind of more downhill and been running this way, you know, he hits his head off the goalpost, which is what we want. So, um, you know, we're, we're coaching high school players, so this is, uh, you know, these are the things we, we talk about in film and and we emphasize, so we don't always do these perfect, but, okay, you get the idea, boom, boom, and then quarterback, okay, kind of a poor fake there on the quarterback. This one's a little bit better. You see the, uh, the wing back get back to the heels of the fullback, okay? So we have the fake with the fullback, okay, boom, boom. Okay, what I see a lot of people that run double dive do is I see the quarterback like go backwards to the second back. So they hand off, they fake the handoff, and then they almost like go back and try to meet 
we want, we want the quarterback to go straight down the line of scrimmage, and we want the running backs to, to, to hit those holes, kind of a bang-bang situation. And so that's, that's not bad here. Boom, boom, it's really quick. And so that speed of it all is what I think really makes the play effective, right? One option, two option, and then boom, there goes the quarterback, okay? Probably a bad play call there. I should have called the quarterback follow, which we'll talk about later, okay? Because the corner is, is not paying attention to the quarterback on, on this. We don't get a great block by our, our play side A back there either, so. Right, this is against uh, one of the, the triple stack, the, the three, the five three stack defense. Okay. Now we're like we said, I, I'm gonna talk later about some option stuff, but you can see people kind of defenders running to that option alley um, and, and really over pursue on this. Uh, you see the middle linebacker kind of hesitate and hop step, okay, and what that does is allows us to get to them um, and get them blocked. And it's kind of a, a late block to get to them because um, our playside guard has to pick up a backer who blitzes, our backside guard and center have to scoop to that, to that mic backer, so um, had we not gotten that hesitation, maybe this is not a, not a great play, but because we're given the defense so many different looks and so many different options, to consider, we oftentimes get some hesitation. And if we don't get hesitation, then it tells us to run something else, and we'll get to that um, a little bit later. Let's see a side view here. Okay, and that's what we like to see. The quarterback's coming, for the most part, pretty straight down the line of scrimmage. Okay, you can see the um, outside linebacker standing there and waiting to tackle the quarterback because he's thinking maybe this is an option play. So we've kind of, uh, kind of taken uh, that number 53 there out of the play um, because he has option responsibilities. He's been told you got the quarterback, um, and so he's standing there waiting for the quarterback, and uh, the ball goes you know, right inside of him, and he don't, doesn't have a chance. Because we had a blitz on this play, that allows our, uh, our play side running back to get up to the safety level, okay? And then we were able to, to break that one. All right, so this was 2019, first year we ran this play. Uh, quarterback got hurt end of week one, so we didn't have our starting quarterback. So this is a backup quarterback um, playing here. Here's the bending back. This is what we don't want to see, okay? Um, where he's coming kind of back, okay? Um, I just think that's too slow, and it, do, it allows the defense to react. Um, and so if, if you're running double dive like that, um, it's probably not as effective, okay? The defense just doesn't have to worry about anything. Um, it has time to maybe sit, hey, is the full, fullback getting the ball? No and then I can react. So we want it to be bang, bang on the line of scrimmage. Um, so our timing is, is definitely wrong here. 
and, and that has something to do with our um, you know quarterback and, and this was a this was a new a new play for the kids this is week two of that first season of putting it in so we've definitely gotten better okay here's a good example this is a tight game against St. Joe Ogden um, in 2021 you can kind of see how that, that hole there, that's the path we want to run. We're getting a one technique. We're getting a, what we call a five technique over the tackle. Okay, really works like an iso play. You can think of it like an iso play because we're getting the front side wing back to load, uh, but we're also getting a fake to a fullback. And so let's see the, the middle linebacker. The middle linebacker has to get in there and worry about our fullback. And so he's not a factor in the play till late. All right. So pick up some pick up eight yards down near the goal line is big. So you can see that hesitation by the by the middle linebacker, number 10. He comes in, got to tackle the fullback, and then now he's too late. Now he's leg tackling, arm tackling. Um, you know, we're gonna fall forward and, and pick up a couple more yards. All right, same, same team here. We're getting the same look. Okay. So now, now they've gone to a little different defensive front. Number 10's playing out here, and he's, uh, he's again coming in for the fullback. He, like, over-pursues inside, and we cut offside, off that uh, wingback loading block. Okay. And able to turn on and make the safety miss. Most of the time in our rules, we don't, we don't worry about blocking the safety. Because if, if the safety is making the tackle, we usually have gained eight or nine yards first. So typically, we don't worry about blocking the safety. It's up for the running back to make that safety miss and, and, and was able to there, and, and we scored. Let's see this one from the side. Maybe quarterback waiting a little bit too much there. I'd like to see him step out and get a little bit. But that's probably not stepping as much because we get an out-out call. And so we know out-out calls were going B-gap. So it is a little bit tighter path. This is our thunder. So this is uh, yeah, we're bringing a tight end in here. I think I got. Um, so this is like a, a bone. So we talk about different backfield sets. So show you what a bone. You can run it out of bone. You can run it out of the wing T where you have one wing and one running, a tailback and a fullback. So there's no motion. So if you're playing a defense that's keen on your motion, um, you know, you can run up in a, in a set here like this where uh, you don't have to worry about motion. And then out of this set, we can still run our option stuff. 
Uh, we can do a lot of other things. We can run some of our sweep stuff. So we still have a lot of plays we can run out of this. And that's that anything we do, we have to be able to do multiple, multiple things out of it. I, I mean, I like the the running back in the backfield like this, the, I think the angle's the best. So if you're a wing T guy and you have, you know, that tailback back there, uh, I think it's great out of, out of that. Um, the, the motion does add a complication to it, but it's worth it for us because of the option stuff that we do and, and how much motion stuff we do. Okay, so again, um, got my contact information there. Feel free to reach out if you have any questions on, on double dive. Um, next, next we're going to go into those other plays off of the double dive um, and kind of how we think about um, teaching that, uh, um, that whole series as a whole. So that'll be up next. All right, thank you.